This podcast produced by Van Garrett Media. The Share Your Hotness podcast is brought to you by Van Garrett Media. Hi, I'm Chris Van Garrett, founder and chief marketing officer of Van Garrett Media. If you're a business owner or a knowledge worker, you know that crafting your own voice and message around your brand is absolutely crucial to your success, especially in the COVID and post-COVID era. But how do you do all of that at the same time still work on your business instead of in it? Don't have a website? Is your logo one of those $50 specials from Fiverr? Was your tagline just stolen dialogue from a 90s sitcom? Hey, we've all been there. You had to start somewhere, am I right? This is where Van Garrett Media can help. We specialize in digital marketing and branding for small and medium-sized businesses. We get to know the root and soul of your business, finding out what makes you tick and why, and then we craft a message that'll make your target audience see you as the solution to their needs. We'll then bring them to you through targeted marketing efforts using everything from social media and SEO to email campaigns to old-fashioned television commercials, radio, and press releases. You can find us on Facebook. Just search out Van Garrett Media, two R's, two T's, or give us a call, 801-386-3896. That's 801-386-3896. 3896. Mention this ad and get a hundred bucks off your custom branding package. That's 801-386-3896 or check us out on Facebook, Van Garrett Media. Welcome to the Share Your Hotness Podcast. Share Your Hotness. Now, here's your host, Lita Green. So excited. I just had my friend Sarah Benjamin on the Share Your Hotness podcast. And we talked about everything from sexy orthopedic shoes to the Jewish faith. And I was able to ask her some questions and get a little bit more cultural awareness. So it'll be a fun listen and excited to have you hear it. Welcome to Share Your Hotness Podcast. Um, your host, Lita Green, with my dear friend, Sarah Benjamin. And she was all laughing when we were going to get on because we originally, um, I was her team mentor. Um, she's no longer selling makeup with me. And so she, of course, felt this pressure to make sure that she had makeup on and then she's got a cold sore. So those who are just listening to the podcast version, she's still adorable Yes, she does have a cold sore that is the shape of Africa. She said it was the size of Africa, but that is not correct. It's just the shape of Africa. Is that a fair summation? It is. It is definitely the shape of Africa. But it feels like you were all like, oh, I'm going to be meeting with Leah and I got to be all. And it's funny how people do feel stressed out to meet with me sometimes. And I'm like, come over to my house at 7 a.m. I am so not put together. <laughs> and now, yeah, like I, I, I spent at least 20 minutes to look like this. Nice. Yeah. But not two hours. Cause I'm against that. Yeah. No, I don't know how people can spend hours and hours. I mean, I've, who's got the time. I do know how people do it because of my study of the beauty world. There is a lot of work to be done on the normal, beautiful individual. But I think it's about just the right measure of what's good for your personality and purpose and, you know, a good first impression. For example, Sarah is a foot doctor. And I don't think people go to Sarah for her expertise on feet because her makeup is on point. (laughs) Right. (laughs) Right. Okay. So when we got together for a team training, we all went to the walking store. Is that the right name of that store? Yes. And you introduced me to these flip-flops. Well, first of all, everything in the store, I will be honest, kind of looked 
a little bit like I'd given up on my feet and because I have size 10 feet, I care. And you were like, no, look at these. And then I put these, these flip-flops on and they were like orthopedic flip-flops and I am on my third pair. <gasps> Yay. And I, I am so hard on my shoes and I wore these bad girls out. So you got me hooked with a Bayo, A-B-E-O. That's right. Mm -hmm. Okay. So let's, for people who are like me, who only care about how cute their shoes are, why do we want better shoes, foot doctor, Sarah? Yeah. Well, first of all, shoes are 80% of our problems. Usually we can link all foot problems to shoes. 80%? So, mm -hmm. Right. Dang, that's like having a bad cleanser. <laughs> <laughs> right? It's right. What's funny about it is it doesn't matter heels. Everybody says I lived in heels or I wore high heels, but it could be the man putting on the wrong boot. It could be the wrong kind of tennis shoe. Um, and flip-flops is a perfect example with no support. So yeah, yeah. shoes yeah. make a world of difference and it can lead to bunions or plantar fasciitis or arch pain or you name it. Wow. Okay. So my son is flat footed. Okay. And we're always making sure we get like a good insert arch. Is yes. that enough? He's not Probably. fully flat footed. He's just like a kind of flat footed, you know, but he doesn't have like where the pronation of the heel, the, the, the knees hitting each other. Yes. You know, which is, I think truly flat foot. Am I correct? Correct. Well, and more knock knee pronated. Correct. Okay. Yeah. He doesn't have that. He just has no arch. <laughs> right. And so getting a shoe with better support is perfect, really important. But I do have parents who say, if I would have brought my child in earlier and got custom inserts or inserts, would it have made a big difference? And yes, okay. because good arches are great for support, but the orthotic is what controls the motion of the foot, which okay. then prevents problems from happening. So I need to put that on my to-do list. Yeah. I've got my paper out and making paper sounds for the audio people. I need a custom insert. Yes. Okay. Yeah. Yes. Okay. So what else do like people need, normally need to know about their feet that they don't know? Do you like Rothy's? Well, some of my patients love them, Uh huh. but sometimes it's not enough arch support or here's you can put an arch support in it. You can put an arch support in it. And the second thing you want to be careful with is it's not too narrow to squeeze your toes because then you could develop an aroma or something else. Okay. I don't think I am, okay. but I always wear a pointed toe versus a curved toe because of said vanity and the largeness of my feet, AKA Sasquatch. Yeah. I'm totally <laughs> perfect. Totally perfect. But I have a thing about it because of, you know, growing up and if I had a good pair of shoes, they were hand-me-downs from an older sibling. Okay. You know, and I wondered why the holes in the shoes, because just not being able to afford new shoes. Yeah. Just, you know, and then like a lot of bike riding and skateboarding and running and just eventually you wear out your shoes, no matter. And I, I wore those like leather sandals that had like, cause you could grow into them. Yes. And I noticed that once I got shoes that were, I wasn't having to grow through them until they broke broke um how much better my toes did feel because they were pressing against that so that's why i think i'm probably okay but don't we all just want to think we're okay right well and this is cute the best is when you'll have your like 75 year old patient male 
who's like, I don't know why my feet hurt. I've only had these shoes for maybe five years, the same pair with holes. And, and they genuinely look at you like, are you sure? I paid $50 for these. They should last forever. No, <laughs> no. generally shoes and tennis shoes really only last six months, if that to a year before you need a new pair. Really? Mm-hmm. Okay. But that doesn't count for cute shoes that you don't wear very right. often. That's like right. men who wear their shoes every day, which is gross because you're supposed to rotate them, right? <laughs> right. I mean, I'm thinking just rotate them because I have teenagers. Right. But you're supposed to rotate them to let the 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 things breathe and like the, the foaming to kind of, right? Yes. Because every yeah. time you step on it, you're breaking down that integrity of the shoe. Right now, my husband's a runner and, you know, a cyclist. And so he's buying kids t- um, tennis shoes almost twice a year. And so you're saying that's a good thing. Perfect. Okay. I'm sorry, Perfect. honey, for giving you crap about that. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> well, and that goes to slippers too. Like these usually older generation have the same pair of slippers for years. And you can imagine the funk inside. Yeah. And I'm a, I'm a, I'm a really big believer of not having funky smelling things. Yeah. It's a good, you know? good thing to believe in. <laughs> right. Which is a plug for my charity cleaning product that I haven't mm-hmm. got you turned on to yet. I know. It, it breaks down the enzymes. And so it takes the smell away without adding any smell. Oh. Right. I know. We'll, we'll talk more, but that's okay. a tease for the audience. We're like, ooh. <laughs> ooh. And I see it and I'm like, I need to get you some of that. But. Yeah. And it's supporting the Native Americans for a senior right. to be able to have one. And we all love that. Now, every single charity project I have ever done since I know you, you have supported. Yes. So, thank you, my friend. You're welcome. And I don't think I've supported all of yours, but I did support your daughter's fundraising efforts and made cards, which I'm out of. So she'll have to make me new cards. Yes. You know, you she's it. still into that. Yeah. Now, another resource you are to me, is there any way before we go to the next thing that I want to talk to you about? Is there mm-hmm. anything else that people do not know about shoes and feet that they need to? Because all I know is look cute, don't stink. So much. I think the biggest thing is, is clean socks, rotate through your shoes, new shoes, watch out for fungus and avoid barefoot. Like walking barefoot is a big trigger for people. So it's like even inside their own home. Mm-hmm. Okay. So I wear those big fuzzy socks in the winter. Okay. But I should be wearing flip-flops with the orthopedic flip-flops or something inside yes. my house. Yes. Or an orthopedic slipper and they're out there. Orthopedic slippers. Now, big mm-hmm. question. Do they come yeah. with rhinestones, sequins, anything to make them cute? Cat face. Leopard. 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 I will do leopard very well. Yeah. In fact, yeah. I'm kind of surprised there's no leopard on my person today. Right. Right. <laughs> yeah. You could rock the leopard. Yeah. So, and they're actually getting cuter or more cute as the styles and the popularity go on. Because if you walk around barefoot, you have the chances of developing plantar fasciitis. What? Dry cracked heels. Yeah. Which I have a thing for that, but you're right. Um, I'm better in the winter where I tend to be wearing shoes or um, fuzzy socks, like my fuzzy socks that have cat faces on them. That I'm pulling out. See? Yes. But on the other side, this is showing how real and authentic we are. I might have 
worn through these a little bit. And for those who can't see, they literally have worn through these. Right. These are my office ones because I have other ones in different parts of the house. So my feet get cold in the office. I can put those on. Oh, that's so okay. That's so, funny. so barefoot leads to plan yeah. pl planner. Planner face. Yeah, yeah. I thought it was ill-fitting shoes. So that too. So everyone else who knew that can message in and be like, Lita, I knew that. And I'm not even a foot doctor. <laughs> so what made you want to be a foot doctor? You know, it's a really good question. It's kind of funny. I um, had gotten my degree in zoology, always thinking I was going to work in a zoo. And I can see that your empathy, your kindness. Yeah, I can see that. Yeah. yeah because believe it or not, I don't like people. No, whatever, whatever. I'm not a people person. That's just because you're a type A, but I'm married to a type A. Okay. And all these type A's in my life, I love them because they're very clear about what they expect and what they want, but they almost all of them will be like, I don't like people. <laughs> I don't like people. But my I husband hasn't said that. I think because he realized his mistake when he married me. Right, because you are a people person. <laughs> all about the people but he has said things like we see this remote house in the middle of nowhere and he'd be like wouldn't that be great to live there and I'm like where are the neighbors oh my gosh that's so me I'm so you want to live in a remote house yes yes yeah <laughs> so animals all day long so uh -huh. I went to get a job in zoology and work at the zoo and what happens is is that there are none available because when you become a zookeeper you're there for life. Like, it's not like it's an overturned position that there's a lot of availability. So Ohio had some spots with like snakes. No, thank you. Um, yeah, those aren't animals. Those are reptiles. Right? Those are, yeah, yeah they're creepy. So well. <laughs> not my thing. And I wanted tigers and lions and bears, right? Oh my. So, right. <laughs> so I was like, okay, um, we got to figure this out. Well, as I was trying to figure this out, I decided to go ahead and go back to school to get my master's in chemistry to teach high school, like chemistry or physics or. But you don't like people. So why would you choose people that haven't become yet? <laughs> I love kids. I love kids. Um, so long story short, I was going to go back to school and get my master's in chemistry. And my mom wanted to go to a nine news health fair. Now, have you ever been to one of those health fairs from the, the news? Um, you talk to that? I, yeah, I, I've been in a couple of those as a vendor, but I wasn't quite sure okay. why I was there because I okay. sell healthy makeup and skincare, but okay. there's the breast cancer screening and yes. all of those kinds of things. Yeah. Okay. So there's a foot screening and I'm maybe 21-ish and my mom wants to stand in the podiatry line that's wrapped around the building and we're going for lunch and we're going to a movie and I'm like, oh my gosh, mom, like seriously, you want to stand in this line? It was so not nice. I've apologized because that's what's turned me on to podiatry. So How great is that? <laughs> we stand in line. And I'm like, you know, I used to dance when I was younger and had pain in my big toe joint, which hurts now when I run. I used to run marathons. Mm. So I told the doctor who was there about it. And he was like, you have a bunion. And I was like, a bunion? What's a bunion? Yes. Well, you need to go see a podiatrist. You're too young for a bunion. So I went to a podiatrist. Awesome. He took x-rays of my feet. He made me orthotics. I wasn't in pain. Were they cute orthotics though? Yeah. What? So yeah. We're, we're bringing the sexy back. <laughs> right. 
And I was like, I think I like feet. Well, he said, come and view some surgeries with me and check this out. So long story short, I researched, I couldn't even say podiatry at the time. I was like a podiatry what? So did some research, went and saw some surgeries. And I was like, I want to do this. And my mom was like, you want to do what? And I was like, I want to be a podiatrist. And that was it. And did your mom know, your mom knew what that was because she'd waited in the line. Yeah. She was like, okay. And so I took, I got out of the master's program. I started working for him as a receptionist um, while I studied for the MCAT, took the MCAT and then got into podiatry school. And that was it. I mean, I have loved it ever since. And it's still, and it has people. So you can't say you don't love people because you're excellent with people. (laughs) I know. You You just don't like people who don't think people. Well, and I like helping people, but that's how I found podiatry. That is awesome. I'm glad to know that. Okay. So another fun thing about my friend, Sarah, is she is Jewish. And I love it because I can ask you questions about the Jewish culture and it doesn't feel awkward or weird. And I think everybody should have a friend from different cultures that they can be like, Hey, I don't know what that is. Tell me what this is. And we've just on Facebook, we've had like, Oh, tell me what that is. Um, I had another friend that she just told me about, she had her Hebrew birthday. And it's on the moon calendar. Tell me if I'm right. Versus the, I guess we're in the Gregorian calendar. Or is it in the Hebrew? Like the, um, yeah. So the the Hebrew Hebrew calendar calendar versus the calendar that the rest of us are using. Correct. And I did not know that Jewish people still honored both calendars. I just thought that was one of the cultural simulation things. So is that because of religious holidays and things like that? Yes. Well, and here's the thing. I'm reform. And uh-huh. so I don't follow the Jewish calendar in the sense of like, we don't celebrate Hebrew birthdays. That's new to us. And that's really cool though. Um, You're like, we, oh, so there's the Orthodox, which would be having the, the cap, which I feel bad, the name slipping my mind. Right. And they have the payas with the curls. Right. The curls and they'd wear the shawls, the men would, and the women would be more conservative in their dress and heads covered. Right. Correct. And so that's when you think of like, you know, people who haven't changed with the times as much, you know, more like the Amish of the Jewish culture. Right. 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 And then, then the reformed is that more. So tell me, cause there's the Orthodox and then conservative, the conservative. Okay. And so they would still be wearing the caps no, but they probably no, they wouldn't. No, are you talking about the kippa, the little round thing that? You yes, wear? that the men, because I'll see men in normal dress with the, ah. the kippa. Yeah, no, even conservative or reform wear the kippa to temple. Okay, but not so just any, around. Correct. That would. So be the who word. are the people that wear it around everywhere that you? The that orthodox. Yeah. The yeah. orthodox. Why? And so they're orthodox, but they're not dressed in that clothing. So it depends how, like, ultra orthodox. Sure. Because okay. usually white with like a black um, vest or a black jacket, usually right. the black cap. Yes. Like Fiddler on the Roof type. Of right. Exactly. I love Fiddler on the Roof and now I want to sing a song, but I yeah. will not. <laughs> it's a new podcast and we did not promote any singing okay. for me. Darn. <laughs> Darn. But yeah, so then there's conservative. And then there's reform and difference between conservative reform. You wouldn't be able to tell the difference by looking at somebody. 
Um, I don't think we should make judgments just off of looking at somebody, but I assume even conservatives, I mean, um, reformed are still being kosher. Well, see, that's all choice too. Exactly. And when I mean by look, you're right. I don't mean like judgmental. You don't have the keeper. Correct. Correct. Okay. And of course the women, the difference between ultra Orthodox and conservative would be very hard to see because the ultra Orthodox would be head covered, but I've seen, um, so a conservative woman wouldn't necessarily have her hair covered. Correct. And usually ultra-Orthodox also have long sleeves and long dress. Okay. Which I have long sleeves on today, but Correct. I have pants on. So yeah, wouldn't know the difference between me and when I'm wearing a long skirt. Okay. Absolutely. Right. Right. Now right. we have um, here in Utah, we have people that um, are not affiliated with the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints, but are polygamous. And you can really spot them out you know, some of them, there's like the big love polygamists, you know, that are on TV that dress like, you know, unquote normal. And then the, they would look like what you're describing of being very conservative in their dress. And they tend to layer skirts and things like that. But a conservative Jewish woman, you would not see that difference. Correct. They don't like out of like purposely out of fashion. I feel like that's kind of where the the polygamists and then you know they're like really young girls and it makes you sad oh yeah yeah yeah, yeah. Uh, and i have a few friends who've you know escaped from that culture i don't have to have them on but so but you but it wouldn't be like when i'm in the grocery store i'm like make a point to be like hi and be really friendly because of what i've heard that they have been told not to socialize with us and that we're judging them and i'm like no you're just out of fashion that's why people look at you double <laughs> you know <laughs> like ultra orthodox women are they encouraged to get education and things like that too? Today, yes. Okay. But I mean, obviously we don't, the past is the past, but like I saw a movie and the women were kind of encouraged just to be baby makers. Was that just them, that maybe that one little group or just Hollywood being poopy? Yes. 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 Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Because you know, yeah, there's weirdness in all different groups. You can't judge the overall group from that. Correct. You oh, know? absolutely. Yeah. yeah. Okay, so conservative, and you're reformed, and you were explaining the the differences conservative and reformed. Well, and it's just, that's just it. It's a fine line. Like, for example, like you said, keeping kosher. I eat bacon. I love bacon. Because bacon is so good. It's so good. <laughs> but, but my rabbi, she does not eat bacon, but it, she's reformed. But she, you know, and so right. yeah. between conservative and reform, there's really a fine line, and it comes down to like our services are very spiritual. There's a lot of singing. There's a lot of poem. Conservatives, you open up that book, that Sidor it's called, uh-huh. and you're reading from it. And it's the, it's the book where um, reform is a lot more open. And so, but you can still have, you still be kosher in reform. Mm-hmm. And you can okay. be conservative. Well, so I mean, that's where- kosher was originally started for you're keeping your meat, is like a hygiene code. Correct. And that, so I can see where, you know, God's like, hey, let's not have you get food poisoning. Right. Um, and so more reformed is like, you're still following the spirit of it in that you're praying over your food and you're thankful for the abundance right. of food and things like that, but you are still keeping your meat clean. Right. You know, which I mean, in a sense, kosher, truly running a kosher kitchen is keeping those things separate for germs. Oh, absolutely. And you'll right? have... So I, um, I used to baby, when I was in podiatry school, 
I used to babysit for a podiatrist who was, um, you know, it's interesting. He was Orthodox, but Orthodox conservative, but they kept kosher. So they, I'll never forget, like we had a dishwasher for meat dishes and we had a dishwasher for dairy dishes. So you have to be wealthy if you're going to be um, Orthodox. (laughs) Well, and you had a cupboard for your meat dishes and then you had a different set for your dairy where like at the temple for I've never heard that before thank you for educating me I didn't realize it was that serious yeah oh absolutely and we so like if you were poor you would have to have still a separate cupboard oh absolutely And And, and it would work absolutely but you know um but today we know that food is processed and is much healthier than the hygiene like you were saying back in the day but even at the temple at the reform synagogue we still don't have potlucks that are meat and dairy together we either have meat or we just have dairy okay which you guys do a lot of potlucks i bet yeah you know their own eggs like after the service someone right. would host the own egg and you got it well i've always been fascinated with the jewish culture because i read the bible which the jewish um why can't I remember the Talmud? Yes. Yeah, is the first five bu- books of the Hebrew Bible. I mean, of the, the King James Version Bible, right? Right. Um, what are, are there some differences from like, I mean, if I'm reading the first five books, I'm assuming there's more that you guys have. Because, you know, when they got together for the Nicene Creed and they edited and all that kind of thing, the, the well, Hebrew Bible didn't go through that. Well, you know, we have the Torah, the Torah, okay. But there is a difference between the Torah and the Talmud. Right? And the Talmud, but was I correct? Was the first five? Yeah. Okay, right. so the Torah. Okay, so that's where there's like additional scripture that you guys right, have. Right, right, right. And mm-hmm. what what um, is that basically covering? The same from beginning of Genesis to all the way, and I don't remember the last shame on me. I hope my rabbi won't listen to this, but all the way. Well, to we'll the tell last. people you can only listen if you want to learn more about Jewish culture. We'll put it there together. but there is a holiday called Simchat Torah so when you're when you have Simchat Torah you have read all the way through the Torah and then you we have a little celebration where we scroll it back up and we start all over the share your hotness podcast is brought to you by Van Garrett Media Hi, I'm Chris Van Garrett, founder and chief marketing officer of Van Garrett Media. If you're a business owner or a knowledge worker, you know that crafting your own voice and message around your brand is absolutely crucial to your success, especially in the COVID and post-COVID era. But how do you do all of that at the same time still work on your business instead of in it? Don't have a website? Is your logo one of those $50 specials from Fiverr? Was your tagline just stolen dialogue from a 90s sitcom? Hey, we've all been there. You had to start somewhere, am I right? This is where Van Garrett Media can help. We specialize in digital marketing and branding for small and medium-sized businesses. We get to know the root and soul of your business, finding out what makes you tick and why, and then we craft a message that'll make your target audience see you as the solution to their needs. We'll then bring them to you through targeted marketing efforts using everything from social media and SEO to email campaigns to old-fashioned television commercials, radio, and press releases. You can find us on Facebook. Just search out Van Garrett Media, two R's, two T's, or give us a call, 801-386-3896. That's 801-386-3896. 3896. Mention this ad and get a hundred bucks off your custom branding package. That's 801-386-3896 or check us out on Facebook, Van Garrett Media. Okay. The other thing I love about the Jewish people is I'm 47. So I'm old enough that, you know, we used to always say Merry Christmas. Mm -hmm. 
And now there's this, you know, Merry Xmas or Happy Holidays. And people, some people will get a little about it. And I'm like, I've never said Merry Christmas to a Jewish person and they come up and slap. Right. And I've never been wished a happy Hanukkah and had people get mad at me. There's a, there's a, an amazing vein of, to me, in my perception of tolerance in the Jewish community of other cultures. Mm-hmm. And if you do history research on, you know, the history, like, you know, pre-Crusades, you know, these different cultures lived really well together and that Christianity coming into the the area of the Crusades is really kind of what messed up tolerance, <laughs> you know, because they were like, no, only our God, you know, is that something that's specifically taught in the Jewish faith? Or is it because the Jewish faith has such a history of suppression and intolerance upon them that they've chosen to be more tolerant and accepting of other people? That's a really good point. It's not like in Sunday school, we have a session where it's like, okay, when someone says Merry Christmas or it's Christmas time, you know, this is what, no, you're absolutely right. It's just the teaching of acceptance and the accepting of so much around. And like you'd said, going back to judging, you don't know who's Jewish, Christian, Islamic. I'm just, I'm Christian. And so I'm obviously going to be like Merry Christmas. And I don't, love happy holidays, but I'm not offended by it. But I don't like it when I say Merry Christmas and somebody goes, no, happy holidays. And I'm like, yeah. well, you, you can say whatever you want, but don't, don't give me the finger on what I'm supposed to say. And, and it I just weird if that came from a Jewish person. No, I've never, never even right. heard of that. It's never even been depicted in that I've seen. It just seems like the Jewish people, maybe because of the oppression, the history, and yeah. they're used to being a minority. Yeah. Um, are able to keep their culture and faith and also have an amazing tolerance. And it just seems yeah. like that's been my experience. Um, yeah. that, you know, and you like again, I love history. And that's why they just were like kept kind of going along with the the crackdowns of you know the Nazis because they just didn't think it was gonna get to that point because they were like being so tolerant. True. You know, yeah, yeah I just got really deep. I know it's like yeah. Mentioning the Holocaust to a Jewish person, <laughs> you know, yeah, yeah. But no, but you're absolutely right, and um, yeah, you're absolutely right. And the other thing I love about the Jewish culture is how you yet preserve your culture. There's very much a thing of marrying within your religion. Um, I don't think people get in trouble if they don't, but you preserve the culture, but there's that tolerance, and um, I'm not sure what the right term for it would be, but just reverence to their culture. Sure. Both of my brothers are, have married um, non-Jewish people and they have both accepted the Jewish religion and they respect each other back and forth. Have they gotten converted to the Jewish faith or they just live in a a dual religious home? Dual religious home. Yep. And my old, my older nephews have been bar, one's been bar mitzvahed and one will be the summer and, and they celebrate Christmas and they have their beautiful, um, religion with their mom too so it's yeah it's very accepting and and but you I'm sure there are people out there again it comes to the acceptance of an orthodox that wouldn't happen and that's probably right yeah yeah and who knows it's funny we just read a book for our temple book club about you know this gossip in the lunchroom where so-and-so was dating a non-jewish person and scandal scandal right and so I also think generational right you ask Uh my mom Oh no, but me, uh, you know, so I think generational and is the world has become more um, forgiving and accepting in 
in the times where we're at that right. the less of that is shunned upon. Yeah. And culture is something that in a lot of ways is, you know, how we humans accept it. Yeah. And uh, it, you know, it, every culture is enhanced by new ideas and new things, but I love that there's still this reverence back to um, like, I do Passover every year and oh. I hope it's not sacrilegious, but we, you know, pull out the, the, I hope it's not offensive, I should say, but we pull out the imagery towards the Messiah to Christ, you know? Okay. So we're kind of tailoring it to our religious belief, but still honoring that Jewish tradition of what that means of how God will bless you and pass, you know, the, the destroying angel will pass over you. And it's just a really beautiful thing of the children almost leading it yeah. and involving kids and a sense of reverence for the past. And so I always feel like I have a really sacred experience and we're just adding in a few other words, which is probably cultural appropriation and offensive in some ways, but I always feel like it's a beautiful experience because of that richness of heritage and tradition. Sure. So is sure. that offensive that I, that I do that? No, I don't think so. And I think that most, um, it seems like people I come across when it's Passover time, people who aren't Jewish is like, oh, I love that. Like, I'd love to come to a Seder. And I'm like, all right, it's really kind of boring, right? <laughs> I don't think so. But I think that um, I, one of the things that I do love about religion in the way that I've experienced it in my life is how it makes us kind of stop and be solemn and think and mm -hmm. that reverence. And I, I just feel like it's this slowing down this, ah, yes, you know, stopping. and mm -hmm. I always tell people like I compare it to like an accountability coach, right? Yeah. That is my time to go to worship is where I'm checking in with my ultimate accountability coach. How am I doing? And I personally like the slowing down to do that. So can I ask a hard question? Because I get this one asked in my religion a lot. Okay. Because it's perceived that I'm, so I'm a member of the Church of Jesus Christ Latter-day Saints, commonly known as the Mormon. Because like men have the priesthood in our religion and in the Jewish religion, and women don't, people will view my religion. And I think people have perceived that sometimes that women can't be as empowered or we don't have leadership. So what would you like to say to people who think that, because you're a doctor. Mm -hmm. And when people say to me, I'm not empowered, I'm like, what part of me thinks I am suppressed? None. Like None. I am not a suppressed woman. So I feel like you'd be a good person to kind of address that for those listening. You know, what, how the Jewish faith perceives women. Because I feel like I know, but I'd like it to come from, from you. Well, I have to say in my shoes being, I was raised by a single mother in, Fort Collins, Colorado, which is a, well, Loveland, Colorado, which is tiny. And then our community was tiny and being raised by a powerful mom, there was no suppression felt at all whatsoever. It was the sky's the limit and you can do everything you want to do. And I feel like the Jewish religion has carried me that way too. At CSU, I was part of Hillel, the Jewish student organization, and it was I mean, most of us were female. There was a lot of males too, don't get me wrong. But I mean, I don't think I ever felt suppressed as a female. And I don't think our religion suppresses female. Now, again, Orthodox might be a little different, mm -hmm. but I didn't grow up Orthodox. I grew up Reform and- Well, and I feel like a lot of the, the, the religions that have stayed in a different time, every single one of us, you know, women were, we, were, we did not have the same rights as men 100 years ago, 40 years ago. Sure. So if a religion is staying in a different time, it would be more male centric 
But I think it's interesting how people perceive that because we're not exactly equal in our responsibilities means that one is below the other. Sure. And I think people have a hard time understanding that when they're not in the systems that we're choosing to be, because you and I are not suppressed women. Right. You know, well, and I'll tell you that in the religion, in, in the Jewish religion, I have never felt that as being a female doctor, I can tell you stories as being, um, <laughs> you know, and basically female doctor, I can have a ton of stories where men have, you know, male patients have treated me differently or talked and to me. I'm differently. assuming even women have been right. like, I want the male doctor. Well, and you know, and I'm thinking they're coming to me, but I did have, oh my gosh, I did have a lady call the front desk and say, I'm a new patient. I'd like to make an appointment. And my office manager was like, you know, she's the receptionist said, great. So the lady continues to ask, well, is she Jewish? And then my receptionist said, um, I don't think that's important here. And she, and the lady continued to say, well, I don't see Jewish female doctors and, or Jewish female doctors. And my receptionist said, well, then this isn't the place for you and hung up the phone. Well, like, good. That's really, yeah. Like, right? whoa. Mm-hmm. Like, and, and the, to be that blatant, blatant about your prejudice is, um, wow. Yeah. I mean, come on, Sarah Benjamin, please. <laughs> yeah, might be. So I, I had a little bit of a disappointment recently. We did a genetic testing on my husband yeah. and I was thinking that because we traced back his family names to this Vermont area and the first name was Soraya and Josiah, right? I'm like, they're Jewish and they just changed their name to green. We did a genetic testing on him and he's 51.9% German and then Norway, nor, you know, Scandinavian, Norway. Yeah. No, no mention of Jewish. And so I'm like, sorry, I was going to be like, kids, you have a rich heritage of Jewish culture, you little blonde people. (laughs) But you know, I just had it all convinced that they had to have been, been Jewish, but not every Sarah I've met is Jewish. (laughs) So, but Soraya, that's a pretty, isn't that a pretty Jewish name? No, it's not. No. And Josiah, no, no, you'll get your Josephs and your Jacobs, but. Well, I should have talked to you because I was all getting all excited about this and was like, we have Jewish heritage. It's so great. You know, uh, adopted. No, um, just, we traced the, the greens in America. Mm -hmm. Right. Um, in, in our religion, we do a lot of genealogy research and my husband's father is a convert. So there was a lot of work to do to find, but we traced it back to the timelines of when Ellis Island was in effect, but we can't trace them past the certain time in Vermont. Got it. So my assumption is they changed their name at Ellis Island. And I mean, green, come on. Right. I mean, such a common name. Right. Like I speak American now, green. <laughs> Well, I had a patient this morning whose last name is Leonard, and she had said that her father was Jewish, and he was actually a Levowitz and was Jewish, but her mother was not. And I know, see, this just comes up in conversation. I think yeah, sometimes yeah. I do wonder if people seek out, you know, the name. But, um, and her... And, and they, they simplified it from Levitz to Levowitz to Leonard? Uh-huh. Probably because of prejudices. Sure. You can't blame people for doing that. You know, it's the more we talk about this, the more fascinating it is because last night, Leah in her swim class, somebody asked if she was Jewish because her name's Leah. And she was like, there's other Leahs that aren't Jewish. And they're like, well, what's your last name? And she said, Benjamin. And they're like, okay. 
Now, well, was she sensitive to answer because of the prejudices that have happened to the Jewish community or just didn't want to be singled out? Well, I think a little, I mean, more of the singled out. Like when mm-hmm. she was younger, you know, she was the, she's the token Jewish friend. I mean, everybody loves her. You're not and... my token Jewish friend. I love you for <laughs> other reasons, but I do love that I can ask you questions. <laughs> right. So that I could be more culturally sensitive and aware and educated because if I met somebody who was like, you won't like me because I'm Jewish, which has never happened. Sure. that I could be like, here are some things that I know. Yeah. yeah. Well, and she, um, and she, she, lo- and, and so she got a little more self-conscious about it and she didn't want people to know because then people, she felt like people seeked her out. And then as she's gotten older in the voice and she's had her bat mitzvah and she's stands. Okay. She had proud. a bar mitzvah. I didn't know that girls did that. Is that a new thing? Oh, okay. And that's both when they're 12, right? 13. 13. Okay. Yeah. So now she's like super voice. And okay. I love it. She's 14. So I did not know that about bots. Ah. Mm-hmm. And it's like B-A-T, like, mm-hmm. right? Okay. So I did not know that. Thank you for mm-hmm. teaching me that. But right. how do we um, remain proud of our differences and celebrate those differences in a, in a broader cultural, you know, question and well, mm-hmm. teach that heritage to our kids? And I, that's like a, the age old question isn't it well and I think something that you do really well as well as myself is bringing it home right I mean at home we make it comfortable we talk about how what to be proud of and there's no reason not to be proud and the beautiful thing about our religion and celebration and and so then she's inside you know fired up with it and she's proud right right proud without being defensive proud without um making other people you know feel uncomfortable if they're not like you sure of course you know um and you know again celebrating those differences outside of our home and inside of our home being proud of our differences and celebrating other people's differences okay any last minute things that you wish people knew about the jewish faith oh my gosh um Right. I know you caught me up on that one because I'm thinking, you know, I still wonder if sometimes they think, um, you know, because again, we're reformed, so you can drive on Shabbat, right? You can drive on Shabbat, you can do, you can do things on Shabbat that we're not just sitting at home in the dark or. See, and I didn't think that. So that's good to know. Yeah, Um, good. I know. I'm trying to think. Um, But Shabbat is definitely a family time. Oh, absolutely. You're prioritizing family. You wouldn't you wouldn't go to a school activity on Shabbat because you're being with your family. You know, you're stuck will, with us. I will tell you though, how amazing it is that there are like homecomings or the big football game, how it's on like a special like Rosh Hashanah or Jewish New Year or holiday. You're like, how does somebody not yeah. test the calendar first? You know, check right, it out. Right, right. Where's yeah. the calendar? But um, there needs to be like a sensitivity calendar. Yeah. Because there are Muslim things and Hindu things. And if you have, you know, a one Hindu family in your neighborhood, that's okay to schedule, you know, that how many, you know, is this a holiday that's important to you? We can have those conversations because if they were um, reformed Hindus, that may not be a thing to them. Sure. I also happen to know that Hindus have like a ton of holidays. So you'd have to make sure if they were conservative or not. Yeah, but it just goes back to just having conversations with people. And I love people like you that when you post something on Facebook that I can ask. And I know it's not going to be sticky to ask things. I have friends in the LGBT community that I'm able to ask. And it helps me be more sensitive and more aware 
to a culture that I can respect and honor, but is not my culture, you know? But, yeah, absolutely. Anytime. The Share Your Hotness podcast is produced by Van Garrett Media. Lita Green is the host and creator of the podcast. Chris Van Garrett is the editor, producer, and music director. Shayla Dawn is our research coordinator. Join us next week for another episode of the Share Your Hotness podcast. Thanks for listening. The Share Your Hotness podcast is brought to you by Van Garrett Media. Hi, I'm Chris Van Garrett, founder and chief marketing officer of Van Garrett Media. If you're a business owner or a knowledge worker, you know that crafting your own voice and message around your brand is absolutely crucial to your success, especially in the COVID and post-COVID era. But how do you do all of that at the same time still work on your business instead of in it? Don't have a website? Is your logo one of those $50 specials from Fiverr? Was your tagline just stolen dialogue from a 90s sitcom? Hey, we've all been there. You had to start somewhere, am I right? This is where Van Garrett Media can help. We specialize in digital marketing and branding for small and medium-sized businesses. We get to know the root and soul of your business, finding out what makes you tick and why, and then we craft a message that'll make your target audience see you as the solution to their needs. We'll then bring them to you through targeted marketing efforts using everything from social media and SEO to email campaigns to old-fashioned television commercials, radio, and press releases. You can find us on Facebook. Just search out Van Garrett Media, two R's, two T's, or give us a call, 801-386-3896. That's 801-386-3896. Mention this ad and get 100 bucks off your custom branding package. That's 801-386-3896, or check us out on Facebook, Van Garrett Media.